We all long for deep, meaningful relationships, and every relationship has potential. Or does it? The reality is that your mind, body, and spirit are revealing the quality of your relationships, and I'm wondering today if you're really listening. Are you in a season where you're longing for more, desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships? Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic, healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. So I've been reflecting on this idea that we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. And that's really struck me as I've been thinking about the different seasons of my life and the different communities I've been a part of, the different churches I've belonged to, the different cities I've lived in, and the groups of people who surrounded me. And as I think about that, you know, there are three significant communities that I want to highlight and what God did in my life through the people I was around in that season. And we talked last week about the stages of community development and what it means to move through the four stages. And I just want to clarify that as you're moving through the stages of connection, commitment, confrontation, and communing, that it is a journey. It's a process. It's going to be layer by layer moving through each one of those stages in a deeper and deeper way. So as you think about depth in relationships, it's a it's a journey, it's a process. And there were three stages in my life that I feel like really impacted me because of who I was around. The first one I want to share with you is about a season of life that I was in college at Indiana University. Those of you who have listened to earlier episodes of the Life Interconnected podcast remember that when I was a freshman at Indiana University in 2003, I accepted Christ that fall. And it was within a few months that I started going through the process of rushing for a sorority. And it's kind of a funny story how that happened. Now, before you make some assumptions about me being in a sorority, (laughs) maybe you're having the stereotypical picture of Legally Blonde. I want to tell you how God used this group of women in my life. Um, It was amazing. I wasn't thinking about rushing at all. 
It wasn't on my radar, to be honest. I also had a lot of those stereotypical views, but there was a girl on my floor in my dorm whose sister was in a sorority. And uh, this this friend was amazing. She was smart and um, we just had this depth of connection and her sister was awesome and I was just really intrigued. And so she convinced me to go through recruitment. And so it was in January of my freshman year that I received a bid to Cap Alpha Theta. And even on bid day, I was so nervous. I felt like, am I really supposed to do this? But I just felt peace. I was a baby Christian. I was only, I think it was, you know, six months that I had accepted Christ, well, really from the fall. And I felt like, you know, IU was such a big campus that I really wanted a closer, tight-knit community. And you know, this was a way to meet other women um, who were like-minded. And even throughout the recruitment process, my specific house, I just felt like the women just seemed so genuine in depth. We had the highest GPA on campus. They were serious about school. They were really involved in different things. And I just felt like it was a good fit for me. And so my freshman year, um, at, on bid day, which is when you get to go to the house and all the all your sisters welcome you. Our house specifically, I lived with a hundred women, and in that season of living with a hundred women, what happened in those early weeks of joining the sorority is that the older Christians in the house began to reach out to me. Now I had been attending like a campus ministry at that time, and you know I kind of knew who they were, but I didn't know them really well. And they just began to pursue me and invite me to Bible study. And that was such a huge part of my life in one, you know, it's, it's intimidating walking into a group of a hundred women, but to have seniors, juniors and seniors who love Jesus, uh, pursue me and invite me to come be a part of their group and their community. It just meant so much. And it, it took away a lot of the fear or anxiety around, you know, typical Greek culture at college. Um, and so within that that month, I actually started going to their Bible study and, and the older women started pouring into me um, along with my mentor who discipled me. And I just felt, you know, shepherded and guided spiritually. I felt like in a time in my life where I was such a baby Christian and I was learning about my faith, I was reading the Bible for the first time, and now I was in this environment that had all this social potential. <laughs> I felt like it was modeled to me how to love Jesus and grow in relationship with Jesus and do community really well. And so the the huge blessing was there were there were probably five of us in my pledge class who were in the same boat you know, out of, I think, 44 in my pledge class, there were five that I knew of at that time that were, you know, wanting to walk with God, wanting to grow in their faith. And that just was such a blessing in that season because we all got to do it together. And we all also got to learn how to live out our faith in a house of women who we loved and who we got to spend a lot of time with. We got to wake up and uh, share breakfast together, share clothes, do all kinds of social events, and really grow in our faith. And, you know, Greek culture in general um, is a place where there's just this beautiful opportunity to share life intimately and to be a light in those ways. And I remember, um, I can't remember if it was my freshman or sophomore year, uh, on campus, we had two tragic deaths of college students and you know, that was a time when a lot of 
our sorority sisters who were um, maybe seeking God or asking questions about God began to come to Bible study and to ask questions because there were answers that no one had. You know, only God could bring comfort and encouragement in that season. And so I think the only reason, I shouldn't say the only reason, one of the main reasons I grew in my faith my freshman year and sophomore year, junior year, senior year was because I was surrounded by these women who loved God and also wanted to be a light in all these different environments we were in. And so I felt like I had this source of encouragement and inspiration and prayer. And then I also got to just be the hands and feet of Jesus in these, in my sister's lives day to day. Um, they were in all different places spiritually and I just got to love them and meet them where they were at. And it was just such a beautiful season And so you've heard me talk in previous episodes this month about this idea of like the different types of relationships you have. And we need people in our lives who are, you know, sharpening us peer to peer, who we feel that we're equally yoked and and we can grow together. I had that with the women in my pledge class. We need people who are pouring into us, who can mentor and disciple us. I had, I had a mentor and I had all this juniors and seniors in the house who were pouring into me. And then I had all these women in my life who I was pouring into and loving on and serving and encouraging. And so that was just a vital season in my life. And I think that really helped propel my faith. And then after I I graduated from college, if you remember, I've talked about my experience in Teach for America, which is when I taught in the inner city in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I remember sitting in the room. I was actually in inner city Atlanta, Um, We taught summer school in Atlanta. We lived at Georgia Tech, and that's where we were sort of thrown into the trenches of (laughs) um, the challenges of teaching in the inner city was in summer school. And we went through our training with Teach for America, and then we were placed, um, I think it was like a five-week placement at an inner city school in Atlanta. And I remember sitting in the room of all of the Teach for America grads, and I was just so inspired. I don't think I had ever been in a room with so many people who are super ambitious, highly intelligent, highly driven, you know, people who could have gone to law school, med school, grad school, or ministry or whatever, but they chose to serve kids in the inner city. So when you think about that, that like that caliber of people, and I just felt like my, my level of dreaming and my belief that I could do this and that I could really impact kids' lives just began to increase because I was around those types of people. Now, we were all placed in failing schools. Like, we were all placed in schools that were struggling. My school, I believe, was 98% of kids lived in poverty. And so we were in the trenches. But, you know, I lived with um, three, my three roommates were also Teach for America teachers um, all different grades, some, you know, middle school, high school, I was in elementary school and I felt like a big reason why I could do what I did was because I was around people who had the same belief that no matter where a child came from, no matter what their background, no matter what tools were given them, that they could learn and they could succeed if they were given the right support and tools. You know, this is the idea of bridging the achievement gap. And because I was around people who believe that and who spur that on in me, the days that were hard, the days that I want to give up, the days that felt like, what's the point? You know, my kids are so far behind. Um, I felt like I could keep going because I had that inspiration. I had that community. I had people locking arms with me. I also had mentors in Teach for America. We had program directors who would frequently come to our classrooms and they would 
observe us. And you know, if if those of you who are teachers, you know, anytime you have someone in your classroom observing you, it can be kind of scary, right? Because you think you're, you know, being judged and you're going to be critiqued. But that's also the beautiful part of this experience is that it helped me learn that getting feedback is actually one of the greatest tools for growth rather than a source of my own insecurity. I looked forward to my program director coming because I thought, wow, she's going to see my blind spots. She's going to see the areas that I need to improve. She's going to sit down and out of love, she's going to help me and guide me and grow as a teacher. So that was such a huge season where the people around me helped me really excel and grow. And then when Nate and I moved to Pennsylvania, um, that was shortly after I had had this amazing, you know, as I was in Charlotte, I started experiencing more of the Holy Spirit and hearing the Holy Spirit's voice for the first time and really hungering for that. And Nate was as well. We really started digging into what does the kingdom of God look like on earth? You know, what does it mean to hear from the Holy Spirit, to see people healed, to see God move in these amazing, powerful ways? And and so we got plugged into a church at that time that was pursuing the gifts of the Spirit and was really honoring the Holy Spirit in church service and outside of church service. And we began to see, experience, and learn about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And one of my favorite things in that season was our leadership meetings. You know, we would just spend some time praying and worshiping and just, you know, cultivating this atmosphere. And then we would all just, you know, discern what God was speaking to us individually, like in that time of prayer and worship. And then as we came back together as a leadership team, we would each share, we would share the pictures or vision or word that God was giving us. And so many times, multiple people saw the same thing. And as that happened over and over again, I started realizing, oh, I am hearing the Holy Spirit. Okay, God is speaking this. And it just doing it in community and doing it with people who were not afraid. They didn't need a set agenda to check off, you know, a prayer meeting. Um, they were willing to get, you know, uncomfortable. They were willing to sit in silence. They were willing to wait on the the presence and the power of God because I was around people who were willing to do that, I learned. I learned how to hear his voice. And and I also learned times when I stepped out in faith and spoke something that, you know, maybe wasn't um, accurate or maybe didn't sit right with someone. They gave me feedback about that because there was a connection and a foundation of love and respect. And so I share all of that to say the environments that you're in and the people you're around absolutely impact where you are and where you want to go. And so as you think about that, that quote, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, I want to challenge you to tune in today to your inner barometer. Now, what that means is that, you know, in interconnected, we talk a lot about how your mind, body, and spirit are interconnected and how each of those parts of you have a language. Each of those parts of you are constantly speaking to you. Now, when it comes to relationships and the people you are around, I want to dive into how you can listen to the three ways that your mind, body, and spirit are speaking and know what to do about it. So here is point number one. The thought loops you have when you are around someone reveal the quality of your relationship. So are you listening to those persistent thoughts? You know, when you are with a friend or in a group, do you have thoughts like, wow, I'm, I'm really proud of them or I'm, I'm so inspired by what they're doing and I, I'm 
listening and learning from what they're sharing? Or are your thoughts insecurity like, gosh, I'm not as, I'm not as good as she is, or I can never be a mom like she is, or I, I don't know if I'll ever hear the Holy Spirit like they do. You know, do you, are you going into self-doubt in comparison? Now, some of those thoughts might have to do with your own internal health, like your own emotional health. So it's not always a reflection of the people you're around, but part of me wonders, is it impacted by the people you're around? Do you feel free to use your voice? Are you invited to the table? Is there a community and a culture of honor? A culture of honor means that we honor the Holy Spirit and and the image of God and each person around us, even if they're different from us. And so the thoughts that pop in your head, are they thoughts of life? And part of me wonders, if not, what is contributing to that community culture and how can you be a part of cultivating more kingdom culture in that community? So I want you to pay attention to your thought loops, not just when you're with that person or that group, but when you leave the group, do you say things like, do you feel drawn closer to Christ? Like I, I'm so excited to dig deeper into this and I, and I want to seek God and learn and process what was shared tonight. Or do you start to have thoughts of, oh, they probably think I'm so stupid or, you know, I wonder if they even want me to be here. I wonder if I even belong. You know, what are your thoughts that pop in before, during, and after group? And what is that speaking about the quality of your relationships? Because here's the reality. If if we really want to cultivate a community of depth, we all want to be at that place of communing. And if you didn't listen to episode 13, I want you to go back and listen to that because I talk about how to get to level communing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that means that we, we know one another well and deeply. We, we are for one another. We can confront and talk about hard things without being afraid that we'll be abandoned, rejected, or misunderstood. Okay. So if, if any thoughts that are popping in your head that are negative, one, I want you to seek God. Is this something that's going on in me that I need to allow the Lord to refine and bring encouragement and truth about who I am? Or is there an atmosphere and a culture in the group where I don't feel like I can be my authentic self? I don't feel like my voice really matters or I'm doubting myself. And the quality of your thoughts are revealing that. And so I just want you not to judge it. I don't want you to judge yourself or judge your group. I want you to become curious about it, to ask God about it and to sit with it. So here's point number two. The physical symptoms that you experience around others reveal your level of comfort, ease, and freedom. Are you listening to those physical symptoms? So when I think about this, I look back at my season of my hardest postpartum, and I had a lot of anxiety. I remember just feeling super anxious before going to group because I was Well, at that time, I didn't know it, but it was the early onset of postpartum anxiety. And I was really nervous about my toddler and it was past her bedtime and I just felt like so stressed about it. But here's the thing, even though I was experiencing that internally when I got to group, I didn't feel like I could be honest. I I felt like I couldn't fully express like, hey, I'm feeling anxious because we're past my kid's bedtime. And 
my daughter also my toddler struggled like with the other kids as well they were older and i just felt like she didn't really fully fit in because of the stage she was in and i just felt uncomfortable and so i would sit there and show up but i had like this horrible feeling in my gut and i had anxiety in my chest now why was that you know again not all the fault of the group members part of it is that we were new to the group and so we were still in the connection stage they didn't really know me and know the depth that I desired and it was hard to confront because we didn't have that connection and commitment. And so that anxiety and the unsettledness was something that I just had to process and work through. And just because you're experiencing that doesn't mean you should just leave a group. Okay. But part of me wonders, is that something that you need to address? You know, is it something that you need to be honest about that you need to invite other people in? Because again, we need to discern, is it something going on in you? Is it something in the quality of your relationships? But either way, don't ignore that feeling. Don't suppress it. Don't deny it. Be honest and vulnerable because that's how we cultivate communities that are deep and meaningful. Now, point number three, your spirit knows best and sometimes discernment must trump logic and reasoning and fear. So this idea of like, when we talk about the three levels of relationship, people who you're pouring into are mentoring, people who are reciprocal, and then people who are pouring into you, it's important to discern which people are in those categories, okay? Because when I think about the concept of iron sharpens iron, I mean, just think about what's implied. It's two of the same types of metal sharpening each other, okay? Now, sometimes when we have relationships that feel draining, it's because we're expecting it to be a pure reciprocal relationship, but that person is pulling from us and it's typically one-sided. Okay. So sometimes it's a matter of defining the relationship in your own heart. I remember when Nate and I were in college, that was kind of a popular term, like define the relationship. You know, are you dating? Do you have intentions to court and get married? You know, we need to do the same thing in friendship. If, if there are people in your life that that God has brought in for you to pour into and encourage, define that in your own heart so you don't constantly feel drained and make sure you have iron and iron relationships that you feel like you can receive from and sharpen each other. And also we need people who are pouring into us, right? We need to discern in our spirit people who we can receive from, people who we look up to, people who when we're around, we're inspired, we're called higher and deeper. They stir up our spirit wow, there's friends that I get around and I just walk away feeling so encouraged and so inspired and lifted up. Those are people who I want to be sure that I'm spending time with because those are people who are nourishing my spirit. We need one another. You know, God often speaks to us through other people. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ to, to spur us on. So you know, what does this all mean? You know, as we reflect on that quote, you're the sum of the five people you spend time with. Who do you want to be? And are you around people who you admire, who you feel encouraged by, who you want to grow with? And, you know, if you're feeling any of these symptoms or experiences in your, in your mind, your body, your spirit, I just want you to take that information. Don't make immediate or quick judgments or quick decisions but I just want you to be curious about it. I want you to take it before God. I want you to ask the Lord, is this something I need to press into? Do I need to move through the stages of relationship? Do I need to cultivate more connection? Do I need to cultivate commitment? Do I need to confront? Do I need to be honest with these people or this person about how I'm feeling and maybe hurt I've had or ways I don't feel comfortable or free? And, 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 and ultimately, 
you know, how can I really cultivate those relationships that are communing where we're going deep together and we are sharing life with one another. Okay. And then maybe there's just some relationships that to be honest, it's time to move on. Okay. I'm going to have that big sister (laughs) moment. If there are relationships that it's not someone that you feel called to pour into and it just feels draining, or I actually want to mention something, make a side note. If it's an abusive relationship, if it's physically or emotionally abusive, you know, that's not just, you know, a ministry. That's, that's something that you need to set boundaries in and get help. So if that is in a marriage or a friendship, um, well, it's not a friendship if you're feeling that way please reach out to someone else who feels safe and set the boundaries in place to get yourself out of that situation. Another type of relationship I want to mention is family. Okay. Y'all family is complicated (laughs) because in family relationships, we have one thing definitely, which is this level of commitment. When you are blood related to someone, you have commitment, but that doesn't always mean you have connection or the ability to confront the ability to commune which makes it complicated. Now, if it's a family relationship, you know, I think it's important to discern what your, what your role is in that relationship. Is it something you want to fight for? Do you want to cultivate depth and connection, spend time together? Do you need to talk about hard things is, do you even have the potential to commune? Sometimes you just have to accept a family relationship is what it is. And it may be challenging to change, but for your own mental health, you need to set those boundaries. So just observe those symptoms when you're around family and ask God what to do with that. Here is the big idea for today. Your mind, body, and spirit are revealing important information about your relationships. Are you listening? Are you moving towards peace, spiritual unity, maturity, and emotional health with the people you spend time with? I think this is so important where you invest your time and your energy matters. And if you're not where you want to be relationally, reevaluate how and where and with who you're investing your mental and emotional energy. Here's what I want you to reflect on this week. I want you to think about a current relationship or a group that you're struggling with. Okay. What physical symptoms have you been experiencing around those people? What is your body communicating What thought patterns go through your head before, during, or after you're with that person or group? What are you sensing in your spirit? How is God leading you in this relationship? Discern the next right step to move towards vulnerability, confrontation, and meaningful growth, or reassess the relationship and where you want to invest your time, energy, and attention. I am so excited to jump into July's topic next week. Here's a sneak peek for what we're going to be covering in July. Y'all, it's our 14 year anniversary in July. Nate and I are celebrating 14 years together, married. We've been together in a relationship almost 18 years, if we include dating and engagement. And we're going to be diving into all things interconnected in marriage. We're going to talk about mental, physical, and spiritual connection within the relationship with your spouse. I can't wait to share that with you, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, 
and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together and I look forward to next time.